They say this cat brother Craig is a bad brother. But I'm talking about Hatchet. Then we can dig it. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the Hatchet Man, every Saturday. Who is the Hatchet Man? Where is the Hatchet Man? Who is this Hatchet Man and where can we find him? Okay, okay. Brother Craig is the Hatchet Man and you can find him at WNTW 820 The Answer. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the Hatchet Man, on 820 AM WNTW. Hello there, Virginia. It is that time again, folks. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. The big dog is out, and the little dog is right here by my side, folks. I've got Maximus the Hatchet Hound in the house today. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Maximus is over there. He's he's shaking his groove thing uh, as, the, as the big dog song plays. And uh, welcome to the program, folks. We hope to have a fantastic program for you. So much to talk about, folks. I hope I can get it all done in two hours. And, and of course, you know, since we are, are going back to uh, doing the program once a week, when I get here on Saturdays, I mean, it's not like when I used to do five days a week, folks. We have to cram it all in, and we're going to get it all done. We have a fantastic author, uh, Tom Grace. He has written another Nolan Kilkenny thriller. Okay, this is the sixth one. And uh, we have him at 11 o'clock. This one is titled Undeniable. And uh, it's a science thriller based on actual real science. Okay? Uh, Genetic engineering is the subject of this one. And um, so we're looking very much forward to that. And also, we will be able to take your phone calls and... uh, but uh, we can we can kind of kill the music there now. But um, you know, so much to talk about, folks. So much to talk about, uh, and of course, some of the big news uh, going on. Uh, it's it's we're in we're at war, okay. Uh, and I've been seeing this for years, folks. And uh, and also, before I get started, I have to say thank you to the fine folks at Comcast. We had a fantastic time. Uh, Wednesday night uh, with the television program uh, that we did. Uh, and for those of you who may have missed it, we have four more coming up. Okay, we got, this is going to run uh, up until November 19th, I think, will be my last program. But every Wednesday night from 7.30 to 8.30. Now, if you have Comcast, we're on Channel 95. If you have Verizon, we're on Channel 36. If you have Facebook, we're Facebook Live. Okay, and we had a we had a fantastic time and uh, looking very much forward uh, to doing it again uh, this Wednesday. Okay, and uh, and and folks, it's time really does fly. This is my seventh year doing a television series on Comcast and uh, and I always enjoy doing it. And the folks over there, uh, they're a real uh, pleasure to work with uh, over at Comcast. So put it on your calendar and uh, and tell your friends and also. It's a call-in program just like here. And, and, of course, as always, it's not just the deal, not just the real deal. 
but the really real deal. And, um, you know, and, and, and Maximus the Hatchet Hound is nodding his approval. Or actually, I bet you that joker is trying to get a treat. <laughs> See, folks, when I, I mean, even my dog has more sense than some of these neoliberals. I'm telling you, my dog is a capitalist. Okay, so when I talk about the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition, you know, that that capitalism part, you know, Maximus, he lights up because he he's not an EBT dog. He doesn't just expect a treat. Okay, now, and look, okay, I, I've got a little bag of treats here now. And see, in this joker, he will do a trick for a treat. All right? So he's not cashing an EBT card. He's earning it. <laughs> and, you know, I, and you know, he might even like to be the Christian part of that uh, coalition because when, when Mama and I uh, have prayer at home, uh, invariably Maximus comes right over and just quietly, you know, I can't say he joins in, but he, he just comes over and quietly just sits. Okay. And now whether he's listening, I don't know, but, uh, I do know this, uh, as we proclaim, uh, God's word here as a watchman on the wall and trying to help you, the audience make sense of what's going on in the world. I hope the Christian part of this program is finding a place in some hearts uh, out there in Radio Land, I really, really do. And uh, of course, we love doing uh, the, the 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 whole program. You know, Christian faith, conservative values. Uh, you know, the the whole deal. Uh, why uh, capitalism is the most moral system, in spite of what all these crazy Marxists uh, claim, all this garbage that they've pumped these children's heads full of lies. Uh, you know, the, and they, and they tell these kids, oh, you can't fight back. You can't be, a, you, because you might be a bully. Uh, they, they pump them full of that all throughout, uh, kindergarten, elementary school, middle school, high school. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. And these same kids get to college and now they want them to be bullies. Okay. A conservative, uh, speech speaker gets invited to campus and these, neoliberal, nasty Marxists that they've, they've just taught them. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's mind boggling folks. It's, it's mind boggling. The, uh, the, the, the way that they have just deconstructed what used to be the world's greatest educational system and has turned it into something other than education folks. It's just, they are indoctrination camps and uh, but have no fear, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man is on the job. And uh, if you have one of these little uh, kids who uh, have gone off to college and uh, and they, and you no longer recognize them, okay, you know you try to get them around the house from ten to noon and just discreetly turn on the hatchet man. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'd love to hear from one of these folks. You know, I really would. I'd love to hear from one of them. But you know these. Every constituent group <clears throat> that the Democrat Party takes over, you know, they their goal is to turn them into what the other parts of the coalition of evil are. And remember that a coalition of evil, this is the Democrat Party leadership. This is the Communist Party. These are the socialists, the fascists, the Muslim. And don't forget this part. And I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to say it. The Muslim fundamentalists. Okay, those people that take the Quran with when it says 
the, to chop heads off of the those that don't believe, they're fine with that, okay? Whether they're actually doing the chopping themselves or whether they are in support of their brothers that are doing it, and maybe they're just in, engaged in some other part of the Islamic takeover of the world, okay? Because they have a wide spectrum of folks. You know, not all of them are going to engage in actual acts of violence. It's called civilization jihad. Okay, you have this one over here that sounds nice and talks nice. This one over here that uh, will 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 put people in a cage and dunk the cage in water and put an underground under underwater camera and watch them drown and put it up on YouTube. Okay, and so and then you have every every grade in between those in the Muslim Brotherhood, those that work for the federal government or and local governments, those that infiltrate political campaigns. We just saw um, oh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz hired a Muslim family, and the the stupid federal government is saying, "Oh, this was a financial crime." This was not a financial crime. There was a financial aspect to it because they stole a lot of money from the Democrat Party. But this was inf- foreigners infiltrating the inner workings of the Democrat Party via the chairman of the Democrat Party. This is espionage, okay? And this is worthy of the death penalty, okay? Line them up, catch them, beat the truth out of them, line them up in front of a brick wall, and shoot them. And don't take 50 years to do it, okay? And, uh, and we're gonna, we got a whole lot more to talk about in reference of uh, what is um, a crime against this nation, okay? It used to be people guilty of such things, they were put to death. When the Rosenbergs gave nuclear secrets to the Russians, they were put to death, okay? And and since Nixon had a hand in prosecuting that case, this is why they never forgave Nixon and they hounded him until he got put out of office, okay? And, of course, he helped himself out of office, but you make no mistake, the Democrat Party, and and when we're going to take a break now, but when we come back, we're going to break down some differences, okay? And I've been saying this for years, and, and you know, hopefully some of my Republican brethren are starting to wake up and starting to smell the coffee that this is not your grandfather's Democrat Party that we're up against. These are not our friends across the aisle. These are enemies to the United States of America. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, and we want to also remind you folks that this program, we would love to uh, get some uh, donation support uh, here to keep us on the air. As many of you know, we are ex- actually, we're expanding in spite of the uh you know, the cost of it all, we are expanding to Sundays now. So tomorrow 
On your way to church, folks, from 9 to 11, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man will be on. Now, I will not be here live on Sundays, uh, but we play some of the best of uh, programs. And I'm not sure what program we have lined up for you tomorrow, uh, but you best believe it's going to be a barn burner, whatever it is. And so uh, we just we, we, we ask you to check us out at thefirstamendmentinc.com. I'm founder and president of the First Amendment. And, of course, the Coalition of Evil, they don't believe in the First Amendment, but I believe in the First Amendment. And as a watchman on the wall, uh, it, it's, it's my responsibility to share with you, to give teaching and instruction on these freedoms. There's six freedoms there, folks. The first two are what we can uh, think uh, about our supreme being, about God Almighty, our religion, our faith, uh, that we're not having a religion forced upon us, and also that we are free to choose to worship God. That's the First Amendment, okay? And so, and we should not take it for granted. There are many places on this planet people are not free to worship, Okay, in all the Islamic countries, we bend over backwards for Muslims in this country. Do they bend over backwards for us? No. Okay, there's certain places a Christian can't even uh, be allowed into the city. There's certain places a woman can't drive a car. Okay, there are certain places where where some of the birthplaces of our Christian faith, and you can't find a Christian in the whole city because they've been killed. All right, and so. We cannot take this for granted, folks, because this is what the end game is for the Democrat Party, for the coalition of evil. And you got to really this. I'm what I'm saying might be tough, particularly if you are a Democrat voter, if you support the Democrat Party and you don't. Yeah, how are you going to go to church tomorrow? How are you going to worship? Some some folks have the Sabbath today. You know, how are you going to worship? Or, you know, you don't need a Sabbath. You worship God 24-7, 365. How are you going to worship God and vote Democrat? Tell me that. 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. You, you got to explain that one to me, okay, if you truly understand what these people are about. and it, Their end game is to have you worship the state, OK, because this is what communism does. Socialism is just an intermediary step towards communism for those places where the Communist Party is not strong enough to just take over directly with guns. They do it that the intermediary step is called socialism, where they promise you heaven on earth. They promise you free stuff. They promise, oh, we're going to take it from the rich. It's not going to cost you. We're going to take it from the rich man, and we're going to give it to you, and it's going to be free, okay? Evil, coalition of evil. The end game is to destroy. Satan promised that he would get back into heaven, and when he came back, he would be running the place. This is satanic, okay? And you people, particularly my Christian brothers and sisters out there, you've been hearing this in church your whole life. Your whole life. I know I've been hearing it in church since I was a little boy. Now I'm living it, and I'm understanding it, and I'm trying to get you to understand it. This is real. This is real. This is not a Republican talking point. As a matter of fact, the Republicans won't even come on my radio program. There's too much truth here, okay? Ed Gillespie won't come. 
Jill Vogel won't come. Adams won't come. What's wrong with these people? I've been carrying water for the Republican Party for 20 years, more than 20 years. Been doing it on the air for 10 years. Been doing it on TV for seven years. Write articles on behalf of these people. Give speeches on behalf of these people. And they won't come and speak to my audience. The Christian, conservative, constitutional, capitalistic coalition. And there was an election a few weeks away. And here, now, here I have to carry water for these people again. But I'm going to be an adult. I'm not going to act the way they act, okay? You look at how they treated Ted Cruz. You look at how they treated Ken Cuccinelli, okay? You look at how ugly Bill Bowling was. Now, I'm not ever going to leave Bill Bowling alone. Weak. Weak and stupid, okay? I was blessed and privileged to be one of the writers and, and give kudos to the Richmond Times-Dispatch. They were not afraid of the hatchet man. They asked eight writers to write an article on the subject, do you trust the news media? I was one of the eight writers. This was back in February of this year. You can still pull the article up online on the uh, February 4th, 2017 commentary section. Just Google it. Well, uh, one of the others... One of the eight was Bill Bowling. Now, Bill Bowling answered the, the uh, thing, oh, well, I don't see anything wrong with the news media. And I was the only one of the eight that was a definitive no. Okay, I was a no. Bill Bowling was a yes. And a lot of the others kind of were on the fence or had kind of a cute way of going about uh, around Robin Hood's barn. And some of them, some of the articles actually were quite good in spite of not being, you know, as firm as mine was. But why would a low-fat Republican like Bill Bowling, okay, an establishment Republican, you know, why would a guy like him say that the media is unfair? Because they've, they've already denutted him. He's already neutered. He's already, if he was ever toting anything other than a set of baby pearl onions to begin with. Okay, but I'm an onion toter. Okay, then Trump is president because Trump is an onion toter. And so, what you have to ask yourself, folks, what are you toting? Are you toting onions, shown off onions, or baby pearl onions? Do you have spiritual testosterone? in the way you run your life, the way you manage your family? If you're a man out there, are you participating in the five Ps? Or in your family, are you the pastor? Are you the prophet? Are you the provider? Are you the protector? Are you the priest? If not, why? Do you subcontract those responsibilities out to others? Or do you take that seriously? And for you women out there, okay, does the man in your life portray that? Do you see that in your fathers, in your uncles? How about the preacher at your church? Is the preacher at your church, is he the priest, the prophet, the pastor, the provider, and the protector? 
Or is he Reverend Chickenfoot just engaged in the religion business? These are serious questions, folks, because, see, I could sit behind this microphone all day long. I could have, you know, not just two hours. I could have 20 hours. And I could go on and on about, you know, some of my little show notes here for today, okay? Program notes, rather. It's not a show. This is a program. This uh, crazy woman down in uh, Florida, Frederica Wilson, okay? The uh, the big flap over the... um, the way that Trump sought to console uh, gold star families, the Russia um, connection, the false accusations against Trump versus the real accusations against Obama and Hillary, okay? The Trump tax plan, on and on and on. I could do this for hours and hours and hours, but if on an individual basis, our individual people, this is why, and see, when we go to break this time, uh, play man in the mirror, please. Okay, because this is where it's at, folks. I can go on and on and on. But unless we, you, the listener, you, the voter, you, the taxpayer, you, the father, you, the mother, you, the business owner, you, the employee. Okay, unless we have integrity as watchmen on the wall, watch women on the wall. We don't all have to be like me as a watchman on the wall. I have a microphone. Everyone can't have a microphone. But everyone can have an effect. Everyone can have an effect, okay? And so, well, anyway, we're coming up on a break here. And uh, when we come back on the other side of the break, we go, well, we'll open the phone lines up, number one. But number two, uh, it's time I get on with this thing. I have a lot I want to say about uh, this woman, Frederica Wilson, uh, and, and it boils down to just uh, two words. Negro, please. Negro, please. We're going to talk about it on the other side of the break. They tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me Without a woman or a girl 
Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio program. The really real deal as we listen to a little bit of James Brown here telling you it's a man's world. And uh, this is man's world radio, folks. Grown-up radio, okay? Mature person radio, okay? Uh, My audience, they don't have their pants hanging down and the hat on backwards, all right? And um, as promised, we're going to get into uh, this uh, situation with uh, this uh, woman down in uh, Florida uh, who got elected uh, to Congress. Uh, her name is Frederica Wilson. And the the ugliness, a um, lot of Republicans, uh, a lot of Christians, a lot of decent people, are shocked, shocked, okay, that um, a Democrat, well, actually, they don't look at it like a Democrat. They're just shocked that, quote, unquote, a member, to, to, to quote uh, a very fine man, General Kelly, he's shocked and dismayed that a member of Congress, but he, see, he got it wrong. It's not just a member of Congress. Because you don't see Republicans act like this. Only Democrats act like this, folks. And so, and, and, as, and as I said earlier, Negro, please, please. You know, it's like I need James Brown to just help me out again here with, you know, please. please yes. Please, I mean. <laughs> please, please. Yeah. Help me, James Brown. What is wrong with some of these Negroes? Okay. Everything is about the color of your skin. I, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, okay? Now, I've had brown skin for 56 years. Trust me, folks, I'm used to it, okay? When are these people going to just see their skin as just something that's, you know, it's like you have a gift uh, on, and, and, you, and you unwrap it and there's, there's wrapping paper on it. It's what's inside the gift, not the wrapping paper. Come on, people. And so this woman was criticized by General Kelly for what she did, and General Kelly accurately called her an empty barrel because he cited that oft-repeated saying that many of us remember from our childhood that the empty barrel or the empty truck or the empty whatever makes the most noise. And so what does this Negro Congresswoman say? Oh, that's a racist comment. Really? Really? Being an empty, loudmouth, nasty person, if your skin is brown, you can't be called that? You see? And I'm so glad General Kelly didn't back down. I'm so glad President Trump has not backed down. Because this is why we had eight years of Barack Hussein Obama. Because when you give an honest critique of a person of color, they play the race card. And what does the Republican typically do? They back down. Okay? They back down. But see, this is why I get so much hatred, because I don't back down. And I don't have to back down. And the truth of the matter is, no one really has to back down because it's about truth and falsehood. It's not about brown skin, white skin, 
black skin, red skin, yellow skin. You're talking about one sixteenth of an inch, if it's that thick, okay? One sixteenth of an inch. You're talking about the wrapping on what should be a gift to humanity. And so if, if we were to focus more on what Dr. Martin Luther King gave his life for, the idea of content of character over color of skin, this would be a, not only would this be a much uh, better uh, world and a much better nation, the people that ascribe to that philosophy would be happier, they would be more productive, they would not be raising hell all the time. There would be a net benefit to society, not a net drain on society. I wonder what type of people vote for people like her. There was another Negro woman out in Oklahoma uh, back about three months ago, and I talked about this on the air. Uh, uh, She's a Democrat elected to the Oklahoma uh, state legislature, not a not a federal office as this this woman this this woman down in Florida is. But uh, she said that she hoped President Trump would get assassinated. And some weak-minded person out here, again, it was a Negro, some weak-minded Negro heard her say that. Now he couldn't get to President Trump, but this is what he did do. He assassinated two police officers. Just a day or two after this woman called for the assassination of President Trump. Other instances, and in each of these instances, it was a Negro that did it, okay? After you get these calls by um, these crazy people like Louis Farrakhan, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, and Barack Hussein Obama, okay? They go to the microphones, and they spew hatred, venom, lies. They call names, and some weak-minded person goes off and assassinates police officers. When is it going to stop, folks? When is it going to stop? 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. Now, many of us have heard um, the truth of what happened. In case you haven't, okay, because I know uh, members of my audience, for the most part, you folks work for a living. So maybe you've been busy all week. (laughs) If you've already heard it, uh, please indulge me. I'll just, I'll make it quick. But basically, uh, four of our precious soldiers were killed in an ambush in Niger. One of these uh, unfortunate four deaths was a black man, a Sergeant La David Johnson. And apparently, this woman, Frederica Wilson, uh, knows uh Sergeant, the late Sergeant Johnson's mother. And so when when the mother was in receipt of a phone call from the president, this congresswoman was there to listen in. And she went before the media to mischaracterize President Trump's 
words of uh, trying to console this woman and to say that the man was insensitive and, um, and to make it again, to make it all about race, okay? And, I mean, folks, everything in the world cannot be about race. People are sick of this. Do you know how many white people, white Republicans, voted for Barack Hussein Obama? when he represents everything the opposite of what they believe in. But they did that just to, quote, unquote, prove to these Negroes in the poverty pimp industry that they're not racist. And these people are not racist. They're just people. Human beings are going to differ. When two white people differ, you can't say it's racism, okay? Hillary and Bernie, they differed. Where was the racism? There wasn't any, okay? Trump and Hillary, they differed. Where was the racism, okay? Up on the stage on the Republican, uh, in the Republican primary, you had, uh, well, you had Dr. Ben Carson and, um, oh, God, it, it escapes me, the governor of Louisiana, Bobby Jindal, okay? Bobby Jindal his parents were born in India. So Bobby Jindal has brown skin. Ben Carson has brown skin. Ted Cruz, his father was from Cuba. Now, he doesn't have brown skin, but he's part Cuban. He's Cuban-American, okay? Uh, ditto Marco Rubio. No one on the Republican side brought racism up. No one. No one. People were differing on ideas, Okay? And that's what America is supposed to be all about, a place where we are a nation held together by common ideas, common beliefs. But, folks, let me tell you something. You can vote Barack Obama all you want as, to, as a way to appease these people. There is no appeasing them because their critique of America as a place of racism Number one, it has zero merit. It has no merit at all. And number two, they don't even believe America is a place of racism. They play the race card because they are appealing to people that they have miseducated, people that are ignorant, people that have been abused by the education monopoly, people that have been abused by Reverend the Reverend Chickenfoots, uh, these pulpit pimp Negro preachers. These Negro preachers in a lot of these churches, they don't care about the plight of the black male because they're busy looking at the black female. They don't have time to solve the problems of why so many young black men go to prison. They don't have time for that because that's not why they're in it. They're in the religion business. When are we going to wake up to this fact? The 20, 25% of perpetual poverty among blacks in America, the only demographic group that has that high a level of endemic multi-generational poverty. And see, the great thing about America is you can be born poor and you can end up in any of the other upper quintiles, including the top one, okay? And every... Group that came over here, the Irish, the Italians, you know, now you have Hispanics from all various different nationalities coming here and climbing the ladder. 
and the percent of all of these groups that are in poverty, they come here and they're like 95% in poverty. Within a generation, they're 50% in poverty. Within another generation, they're 5% in poverty. Why are black Americans perpetually having 25% poverty rate? Even after having eight years of a black president. And then you get this woman, Frederica Wilson, a poverty pimp Negro politician. Poverty pimp. Ask yourself, did she have the best interests of the mother of Sergeant Johnson? Or is it the fact that she has nothing to offer in an election other than hatred and venom and racial strife? And so she was playing the only card she has to play, which is designed to do one thing, get the ignorant people riled up. That's the only thing it's designed to do, to get them riled up because they have no program to help you ease poverty, to grow out of poverty. And so in order to convince you to continue to vote for the party that has been the poverty managers for the last 60 years, they have one thing to play and one thing only. Hatred and racial strife. We're going to take a quick break. 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Make a 
Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. And uh, I'm performing a hatchetation today, folks, but I'm still your friendly, friendly, <laughs> friendly neighborhood hatchet man. We just had a caller and we uh, inadvertently dropped the call. So feel free to call back, please. Uh, 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. Yes, and, uh, you know, and back to this uh, this congresswoman, and it's just the ugliness, you know, the, the black congressional caucus. Uh, n- number one, they're all Democrats. And uh, I remember when there was a, a black Republican that got elected to Congress, uh, I forget, J.C. Watts out in Oklahoma, and... Uh, J.C. sought to join the Black Congressional Caucus. Those Negroes would not let the man join, okay? And and I understand because I can't give a speech at my alma mater, VCU. I can't give a speech at my high school, Charles City High, okay? And so it's just, I mean, Condi Rice couldn't give a speech at Rutgers. Ben Carson couldn't give a speech at, uh, oh, we got our caller back, bring him on. Yeah, Ben Carson couldn't give a speech at um, Johns Hopkins University in the year of his retirement, okay? This is the world's greatest uh, pediatric neurosurgeon, not not the world's greatest black neurosurgeon, the greatest period, okay? Because, see, on our side of the aisle, we don't classify people as black. And all my life I've been hearing Dr. Thomas Sowell being called the smartest man in America. I have never heard a Republican say, oh, he's the smartest black man in America. He's the smartest man in America. Get over your black skin, you crazy Negro Democrats. Get over it. We're just people. Caller, are you there? Uh, You're talking to me? Oh, actually, I was talking to the audience, but I, I'm talking to you now. Is this Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, hey, man, you on fire this morning. And the good thing about it is you tell the truth. The truth. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. God bless you, Mike. Yeah, but I don't, I'm, still, uh, I'm still a little bit up in the air about this guy, Ed Gillespie. I don't like the idea that these people won't come on your show. And uh, I also no. know that Gillespie is establishment, yes. and he is anti-Trump. And yeah. this really bothers me. Uh, I'm really I still thinking about writing in Corey Stewart's name. It probably might not do any good. But in the end, if Northern won, well, well how much difference we would have had between Northern and Gillespie? Yeah, well, see, if the thing about it is that we, we're we never going to get 100% of what we want. Like, we got Trump, and I still don't have 100% of what I want. Look at Trump's tax plan, all right? He cut taxes, but they increased spending. And so uh, Rand Paul was the only one that had the nerve to vote no because Rand Paul understands that at some point, if we don't reduce spending, at some point this nation is going to financially collapse. Yeah. And see, and it was designed to do that because, and I've been saying this for years, that the Cloward Piven strategy is exactly that. It is a plan to overload the federal government with more demands than can be possibly met financially and with the idea that at some point the nation is going to collapse. And at the, at the point of collapse, people are going to be selfish and they're going to cry out to the government, save me. And then the government is going to rush in and say, oh, you sure you want me to save you? Yeah, save me, save me. And there you go, the communist states of, the, of America. Not yeah. the United States, 
the communist states of America or be the American Soviet uh, Union, okay? And and this and this is what their plan is. Rand Paul gets that, and a lot of these grand and, and see because it takes several years for this to happen. These these politicians they're so selfish. They feel like that if they give you uh, and by you not you Mike but the electorate if they give the electorate these things that they're crying out for free this free that you know if they give that to them they'll get reelected in the short term and then when things collapse it'll be a different congressman but see what they're doing is they're sticking it to our grandchildren I don't know about you Mike but I have five grandchildren and I love them dearly and I don't want to be the grandfather that Ronald Reagan talked about uh, and you may remember that speech uh, Ronald Reagan gave and he said freedom and liberty is not in our DNA it has to be protected from generation to generation or else there's going to come a day when we will have our grandchild sitting on our knee and we will say to that grandchild let me tell you son what it used to be like in America when people were free do you want to have that conversation Mike no I don't want to have the conversation but what really makes me sick is that both political parties are in on this, and that not, maybe not as much as the Republicans, but I remember when George Wallace was running back in 1968, he said there wasn't a dime's worth of difference. Well, back then, he was exaggerating a little, but today, I think he's right on the money. Yeah, but the only thing said. is, see, George Wallace was a Democrat, and so he was a, yeah. di- a Dixiecrat and uh, a racist, and... What, yeah, uh, that's true. All of that yeah. is true. I'm not. I'm not saying that that's not true. And yeah. uh, but the thing is, what he said at the time was a little exaggerated. But today, yeah. but it's you might want to use a different person as an example, Mike. Well, because Reagan, is, you know, Reagan said similar uh, things. Even the uh, Satan can appear as an angel of light. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, and it, what makes me sick is that these politicians are doing this on purpose, taking yeah. a country. Yeah. A country that was founded by political geniuses. Yes. And today, the Congress and the state houses and the city halls, and I've said this to the Lee brothers, too, I mean, it's garbage compared to those people. Yeah. They're yeah. morons. These yeah. people knew what they were doing. Okay, we had some slavery. We got rid of slavery. Yep. And, 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 you know, after a while, this business of always talking about slavery 150 years after it's gone. Is That's something right. Else. Are these people not concerned about all the slavery that is still going on in Africa? Oh, no, they're not they're, concerned. They're not because concerned about that. They're just riling up the ignorant. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't even. And see, this, the dirty little secret is that Republicans give Democrats credit for the integrity of the accusations and the concerns that they express. There is no integrity there because it's all a big lie designed to rile up the ignorant because that's the only way you're going to get the ignorant to vote for you because if the ignorant were to start tuning in to uh, programs like this and, and get the really real deal and they will begin to look around, Mike, and they will say, wow, I've been living in Petersburg and Democrats been running Petersburg forever. There are no Republicans here. How can the problems of Petersburg or you could say Richmond or Norfolk or uh, San Francisco or Oakland or Chicago or Philadelphia? You could go or Baltimore. Baltimore, Mike, has not had a Republican mayor in 100 years. 
So and and the murder rate is through the roof in 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 Baltimore. It's through the roof in Chicago, in in um in Detroit. Detroit was the richest city on the planet in 1960. The, not the richest city in America, the richest city on the planet due to the automobile industry in 1960. Yeah. Mike, 1960 is the last year they had a Republican mayor in Detroit. It's yeah, been, yeah. So I they I've went from. That. I certainly have. It so is, on the Democrats' watch, so the the only play they have is the race card, and until what and what I'm trying to tell Republicans, until you start pimp slapping these Democrats and stop taking the bait, and when they cry racism, do not apologize, okay? And right. if they if they're scared to do it, they can call me. I'll go do it, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, but well, anyway. you're, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I've said, you know, what's you, what's the matter with these people? All these people have to do is holler racist, and you shut up. Turn right. it around on them. It's, Don't exactly. you have anybody in the party smart enough to know what to say? Exactly. The, the Democrat Party is the party of racism, then and now. Okay. It is. Yeah. And so, and if they're afraid to say that, like I say, they can just hire the hatchet man. But listen, yeah. Mike, we're 30 seconds to the break. Okay, I've got to roll, care. brother. Keep up the good work. You're Thank great you. And I really appreciate you having that Baptist minister on uh, last Saturday. That was really great. Yeah, he's great. He's a good friend of mine. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. God bless you. Well, all right, folks, we're going to take our top-of-the-hour news break, and when we come back, we're going to have uh, Tom Grace, uh, the book Undeniable. He'll be our guest. A man and his microphone. Ooh, Brother Craig. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on The Really Real Deal. And uh, as always, folks, it's a man's world theme here. And, uh, hey, we have a man's world author here. Uh, joining us today is Tom Grace. And Tom has written the sixth in his um, series of thrillers with... Um, former Navy SEAL Nolan Kilkenny, and uh, talk about a man's world. And uh, we want to say welcome to the program, and uh, thank you for joining us, Tom. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for opening up with James Brown. Oh. Never go wrong there. <laughs> yeah, I love James Brown, I tell you. And, uh, you know, and, and you have um, so many um, of these books that are, uh, and they just seem to be acclaimed uh, all over the place, you know, Spiderweb, Quantum, Dark Ice, Fatal Orbit, The Secret Cardinal, 
um, and the political thriller, the Liberty Intrigue. And, uh, and so here now you have another one here, uh, undeniable and, uh, you know, share with our audience, if you would, uh, a little uh, for those that maybe uh, I'm sure some of our audience are already uh, Tom Gray, Tom Grace fans and Nolan Kilkenny fans. But, um, you know, a little background on uh, on how you came up with this character and what he's all about. Uh, Nolan's a guy from Michigan like me, and he went to the Naval Academy and then went on to be the SEALs for a short stint. And when he finished up his time with the Navy, he came back to Michigan to work on his doctorate in computer science, figuring to have a nice, quiet life. Well, no. <laughs> his life is very hectic. Bad things seem to follow him around. So while, while he was in that very first book, when we meet him in Spiderweb, he discovers these people who are infiltrating the university's research network system, where they do research on the university as well as with uh, outside companies. It's sort of a nice nexus where these industrial spies are stealing stuff from companies mm-hmm. and from the university and selling it to their competitors. So that's his first taste of industrial espionage, and that has him running all over the world against these uh, mm-hmm. British uh, pirates, basically. And you took that from real You took that from real life, didn't you? I did. That one actually uh, came out when I was working for a, an architecture firm as an intern in Chicago, and we had to build a special room to do this joint venture that we were doing with IBM, where they were doing the hardware and we were doing the CAD system. And you know, we all have big open offices to work in, and they said, well, we can't have this. We can't have anybody just seeing this is a brand-new prototype computer. can't just leave it out on the floor. And I'll say I had to build a, car, a room with a card reader on it. So we, we showed them the room, and they thought it was all nice. And they said, well, you got to paint the windows black. I said, what do you mean? We're on the 14th floor of a skyscraper in downtown Chicago. And they pointed at the building across the street and said, that's Xerox. They're the enemy. Mm-hmm. They were afraid of people shooting pictures. So they're worried about industrial spies, people stealing you know, their technology. And at about the same time, IBM um, was involved in an FBI sting with Hitachi, who was trying to steal an IBM computer mm-hmm. for the same purpose. They wanted to reverse engineer pieces of it so they could provide uh, equipment that would go with it and uh, shrink the time that IBM had a monopoly on that mm-hmm. computer and all the accessories to printers and other things that can go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an old saying that if you have something worth stealing, there's someone that wants to steal it. Absolutely, and that's what happens. Each one, a lot of my books have some very high-tech components to them, and I explain enough about this advance in technology to explain why it's valuable and why people are willing to kill for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now your latest uh, Nolan Kilkenny, uh, again, you go to real science, um, and and this time it's uh, genetic engineering. Yeah, we, um, we've... Enjoy it. If you watch any television, you'll see these CSI shows and NCIS and all. And they all have mm-hmm. the guys go out there at the swabs. They take evidence from the scene, and they run it through the PCR machines, and they come up with a profile, a genetic profile of the person who did it, and they're able to kind of you know, see, aha, there's the person who's the, the culprit. Mm-hmm. Well, in real life, the, the DNA tests don't tell you that. They tell you either you're, the, the person is either included or excluded from the group of people who could have left some DNA on the site. Mm-hmm. Now we kind of trust this DNA is the modern, you know, the miracle of life. You know, it's this great molecule and everything. And if we trust the DNA test to come back with proper results, if the tests are done correctly, they're going to give us the truth, an objective truth about who left that DNA there. Mm-hmm. Thing is, we're starting to use it for things like computer memory. We've been, we've encoded an entire movie in DNA. There's companies that are engineering things out of DNA. Mm-hmm. We're getting really good at manipulating DNA. Mm-hmm. DNA is now data instead of the, the molecule of life. 
Wow. When you look at it actually having computers that are run on, they, they estimate, given the, the storage capacity of DNA, that all the known knowledge in the world can be encoded in DNA, and it would fit in the size of a two-car garage, not in these acre farms that you see Google making or Amazon making, you know, wow. these huge server farms. But you could put it in a two-car garage. Everything that mankind has ever known, you know, that's petabytes upon petabytes of, of information. Wow. All so it's a really robust kind of molecule. Mm-hmm. But if it's nothing more than ones and zeros, really, you know, instead it's ACTGs, but it's still encoded data. And is this going inside a human being? Yeah, well, just this year, um, researchers in China and at the University of Oregon created a single-celled embryo. So this is a brand new human being. They made a test tube baby. And while it was still one cell, they went in and they knew the cell had a, a gene defect, and that, uh, a, a, an error that they knew was in there because of the components they used to make this, this baby. Um, so they knew where it was, and they engineered a thing called a CRISPR, which is a piece of biology, basically, to go into the cell and rewrite that one piece. So it's just like a little subroutine in there. Um, I think in the case of the Chinese, it was because of the, they knew the this gene prevented you from digesting fava beans, so that this person couldn't grow up to be Hannibal Lecter because he couldn't have fava beans. <laughs> but they went in there and they, they rewrote that piece and then let the, the embryo continue to develop, so it's split and split and split. You know, it keeps cleaving as, as brand new babies do. And mm-hmm. after they had a whole bunch of cells there, they took some of those cells out and looked at them and said, ah, sure enough, the thing is gone. The, the, the error oh. was gone. They corrected it. So they, they edited someone's genome. Mm-hmm. Now, with these DNA tests, they don't look at the whole genome. They look at 13 little pieces. It's like looking at the entire roadmap of the United States and looking at 13 off-ramps to determine which individual it is. Mm. We all have off-ramps, but you know, your 13 are going to be different than everybody else's 13. In wow. theory. Actually, they're not. They're a lot more common. Uh-huh. Um, even in the GNA database, you, um, you can find multiple matches you know, among mm-hmm. criminals. Right. And also, but if you know what those 13 pieces are, what's to stop you from, say, cooking them up in your own handy uh, laboratory. And planning. PCR machine prices are dropping. All this, the equipment is all dropping. The technology is dropping. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, you know, computers. You know, they get cheaper and cheaper with each generation. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in the case, I didn't use this specific technique in my book, but you could create one of these single-cell embryos and edit those 13 little CODIS points and then let that embryo grow up and implants it to do a surrogate womb, and you'd have a baby in nine months that would pass a DNA test for somebody who didn't make the baby. Oh wow! Yeah, or at that. least that that ninety five to ninety nine percent probability that yeah. it's that that it is that person. And that's the, that's the basic thing too. In terms of what I learned when I was working on the book, is that the paternity index, which they call it, the probability that you are the father of the child, um, varies from state to state. So the same test could be used in two adjoining states, and in one state you could be found to be highly probably be father, and the other one not. Wow. Now, Even though it's the low end is 95% and the high end is 99.99. So the one that's 99.9, that's a higher threshold that the test has to hit before they're going to automatically say, you're daddy. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. How's that for spook? That's just, the law is just not wired that way. Yeah. You know, now, and of course, that's, that's one of the problems with that I explore in the book is the fact that our laws don't comprehend some of this stuff uh-huh. where, you know, Say you have a surrogate womb that's carrying the baby. Now, now that's the birth mother, but that's not the biological mother. Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, up until a few years ago, biological mother and birth mother were the same thing. Now they're not. Right. right. The law hasn't caught up with that. Mm-hmm. You know, how about you know same-sex couples hiring a, a, a sperm donor to mm-hmm. provide them 
material in order to have a biological child. Just at least one of them is the biological mother. Well, he's still the biological father, even though they signed off on his rights. There was a case in uh, Kansas mm-hmm. just recently where they hunted the guy down because yeah. their losses, the biological father and biological mother got to pay for the kid if the mom goes on welfare. Wow. And, all that. and he said, well, I got to hold harmless here. I mean, I'm just a material vendor. Yeah. No, so you not under our law. Yeah. So you college kids out there that are trying to raise money by donating sperm at the sperm bank, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they pay you for that, but it, it could come back to bite you. <laughs> yeah, got to look at the risk analysis there. Yeah, 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 especially if it's only a couple hundred bucks. My goodness. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. money's not worth a lifetime of yeah. unintended consequences. Yeah. Now, Tom, we have to take a quick break here. Would you mind holding over? Because this, this is fascinating, and, uh, you know, hopefully some folks will go out, and uh, if if they're already uh, Kenny Kill. Uh, Nolan Kilkenny uh, fans, you know, of course they're going to buy the book, but we hope to get you some new fans. <laughs> I would love that, so I'd be happy to stay over. Okay. Well, all right, folks, if you're just joining us, we have Tom Grace uh, talking about his latest ki- Nolan Kilkenny thriller, Undeniable. We will be right back. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. <laughs> Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, the FirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Listen as your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up and be counted. Don't be ashamed to cry. You gotta be, you gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio program. And uh, as we listen to a little bit of Des Ray there telling you, you got to be bad, you got to be bold. And uh, our boy, uh, Nolan Kilkenny, he's bad and he's bold. And uh, as is uh, our author here, Tom Grayson. Tom, thank you so much for staying over. My pleasure. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, of course, we have to ask, um, was Mengele and the things that the Nazis were doing, did any of that approach any of this? I know that there are, as a matter of fact, I have up on my computer here uh, a, uh, a website from concerned scientists about the, uh, the risks of, engine, of genetic engineering. It, it depends on what your definition of a gene defect is. I mean, the Chinese are saying, you know, these people have this terrible allergy and this, this food is, you know, that they're not allowed to do. It'd be like going after a, a gene that prevents you from eating gluten, you know, that kind of thing. Well, you could say objectively that if I correct a genetic error, um, people who can't process cholesterol, hypercholesterolemia, they start having heart attacks at 15. That's actually the thing that got me into DNA. I designed a gene lab to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that Correcting that problem will be a, a, a significant good. Most people agree curing a genetic disease would be a significant good. But when you start using it for saying, I want all my kids to be blonde-haired and blue eyes, because there's a, a gene in there that will allow you to flip that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's eugenics at that point. Oh, okay. And so, and so and this was Margaret Sanger. Yeah, this was Margaret Sanger uh, here in America yep. and exactly. um, uh, Dr. Mengele in, in the Nazis. Uh, and, of course, Sanger preceded the Nazis. Uh, people don't realize that. <laughs> but Well, Sanger was an interesting case because she you know, believed in the sterilization of the unfit so mm-hmm. that they couldn't produce. We've got a similar thing going on in Iceland right now where they want you to do amniocentesis, and if you're carrying a Down's child, they want you to abort because they're trying to eliminate down syndrome. Now, they're mm-hmm. not going to eliminate it because that's an error rate in the production of either egg or sperm, where one, you know, a cell splits in half to become, you know, a, a sperm and a guy. And if the split is imprecise, where one entire package of chromosomes, say chromosome 22, all, or actually it's 21, goes over to one egg and then the other egg or the other sperm doesn't have a 21 in it, that's what gives you Down syndrome. You know, where one of the parents gives you two of one chromosome, and you get the third one from the other parent, and you have three of them. There's one of the few instances where you can have three chromosomes of a certain type and still survive. Usually those children, um, they're uh, miscarried very early on. But there's only uh, three of them that can actually get through with uh, an extra chromosome in the set. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, but, I, yeah, that's, that's eugenics. So one person's you know disease cures, another person's, you know. Yeah, I gave a speech one year at a... Um, at a pro-life rally, and one of the men who also gave a speech that day was diagnosed early on with a genetic disorder, and there was a conversation about should he be aborted, and you know, and the, that his his speech was powerful. Okay, his speech was powerful because he had some some outward signs uh, that. You know, something had went awry, but his mind was sharp. Yeah. Well, thankfully, his uh, parents uh, didn't look upon him as an inconvenience that they would take what the Lord gave him and yes. and proceed on, whether a child lives for a couple of days or lives for, you know, 40 years mm-hmm. with that condition. Yeah, um, yeah. But so now, is this would be what you would call the dark side of the new uh, reproductive realities uh, with all this technology? And uh, where are the uh, where are where are the lines to be drawn? Well, that's the problem. Is, is this technology is so far ahead of like you know I was talking about the law, but it's ahead mm-hmm. of morality and ethics. We have to process. I mean, like a gun, DNA technology is is inert. It's neither good nor evil. It's it's what you do with this tool. Mm-hmm. If I use it to to correct a disease, if I can CRISPR somebody who's got cystic fibrosis and actually 
give them the gene they need to process mucus and so they can breathe, then they're not going to die at a very young age. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But if I decide that I'm going to try and purify the race or, or you know, create the Rafa Khan, I mean, that guy was a product of genetics. You know, he was, he was a eugenics guy to make him super strong, super smart, so he can conquer the world. That's not so good an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what the Nazis were after, you know, using breeding techniques, you know, the way you breed a, a German shepherd to get a purebred. Yeah, um, the Superman. The, Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the Ubermensch was, you know, the process of breeding technology, which we've been using for animals for many years in order to create a superior breed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a way you could actually, if you know the art, the attributes, the genes that cause certain things, you know, density of brain cells. Um, you know, if you're, you're a Nazi, you, know, you, you want the Aryan race, and of course they weren't Aryans. Those are the, the Nordic people that were, you know, the, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed people. You know, Hitler certainly wasn't one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a brunette. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's spooky. This kind of things you can do, and of course, I just show you just a, a simple con, really, um, exploiting the fact that we trust DNA tests mm-hmm. so much that if you knew how to spoof the data, you can make a lot of money. Making people think, you know, you know, t- take an honest man who would never cheat on his wife and say, "Hey, you had a baby out of wedlock," and I'm going to tell everybody unless you pay me off. <laughs> wow! And and the DNA test says you're daddy. You know, take this uh-huh. into court of law. That court's going to you know, find you over and you're going to be responsible for this child. So what are you going to do? You, yeah. know, you know you didn't do it, but nobody else is going to believe you. Yeah, yeah. I just saw an episode of The Americans uh, where they uh, ran a scam on a guy and they did that. And he was faithful to his wife, but they tricked him into thinking he had fathered a child out of wedlock and due to being drunk or they drugged him. And uh, they got some trade secrets out of him. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, yeah these things can happen. Wow, well, Billy I mean, Graham famously would not even get into an elevator with a woman alone because he didn't want to have that he said she said situation. Right, and, uh, and this is a thing where you know you were at a conference and things went. But another, we had a one night stand. I didn't ever did that. Mm-hmm. And but you do the DNA test and you think the DNA test is going to clear you, and it doesn't. Wow, I mean that that's a scary thought. That's affected. Yeah, that, that is. Yeah, that is a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> but that this is the world and you know the thing about it you you're absolutely right the uh it's just like a gun you you know they they say the only thing that helps you when there's a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun exactly yeah and the gun is in is not neither good nor bad the guy holding it is good or bad yeah exactly. well no no different than a hammer i mean a bad guy with a hammer is still a bad guy, and he's going to hurt you with that hammer. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is fascinating. Now, any uh, have any of your your uh, books been made into film? They have not. I've had a few people sniff, but nobody from Hollywood has sent me a check yet. Oh wow, wow. Oh okay, oh, okay. I did oh. have one of my books pirated. Pirated. Yes, my uh, my fifth novel, The Secret Cardinal, the Spanish version of it, was pirated in Venezuela and sold across Latin America and did very well. I was in the bestseller list for 100 weeks in Venezuela and uh, four months in Uruguay. That's where it actually broke into the top ten, but it sold very well in other places. Oh, wow. Never got paid a dime. <laughs> this is Associated Press reporting it. They, 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 yeah, I was on this bestseller list. I didn't know about it for, until a year later. Wow. What's the uh, legal system like for uh, for uh, intellectual property protection uh, in, in that part of the world? Well, Venezuela under Chavez and now Maduro is um, Say a no. national socialist. Mm-hmm. Um, Say no so more. Really, uh, They're entitled to uh, re- respecting the intellectual property rights of anyone yeah. who's not affiliated. The state owns everything is, right. is in their mind. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's communism for you. Communism, socialism, fascism. I call them the coalition of evil. <laughs> and that they are. Yes. And they'll keep you know, running until they run out of other people's money to spend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, now if you were to uh, say uh, Nolan Kilkenny would be made into a um, movie hero, uh, who, what actor would you think has, uh, would have him nailed? There's been a lot of good ones. Um, Wahlberg might be able to do it very well. Um, I think he could handle that. Mm-hmm. And it, it depends on on which book that I'm looking at. Nolan's kind of in his, his late uh, 20s, early 30s when we first meet him. Now, he's aging a lot slower than I mean, He was my age when I started writing him, and now I'm a mm-hmm. lot older than he is. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, age so that's Walter thing. He's got a lot of my characteristics in him, and it's like, yeah. he's a much younger guy than I am because his timeline moves yeah. differently. Yeah, you have to age him real slow, like the like the broccoli family. They aged um, uh, James Bond real slow. <laughs> well, like they, they keep bringing a new one in, and every now and then they have to sort of reboot it and bring it up because you know, like, yeah. you possibly been fighting the Cold War in the fifties, and I'll still be a young, you know, thirty something. Uh, yeah. In the 21st century. Yeah, yeah, wow. But look, it's fascinating. But look, we're up against our bottom of the hour break. Tell the folks one last time the book and where to, where they can get it. Uh, the novel is undeniable. It's a no, the sixth Nolan Kilkenny thriller. It's available everywhere. It's in hardcover. It's in audiobook, and it's in ebook. So if you like to read it on your iPad or your phone or whatever, it's there for you too. And it should be everywhere, or they can get it everywhere. Okay. Well, great. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm going to get into this book, and uh, we're going to see about, um, you know, see, see, see if maybe we can get him on the silver screen. He sounds, he oh, sounds and fascinating. You like one, you'll also like the standalone thriller, The Liberty Intrigue, in which I have a uh, self-made a billionaire outside political guy decided to make a run for the president of the United States and oh. they committed political leftists. <laughs> I was only four years too early. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, we, we, have, we have 15 seconds to break, but look, thank you so much and God bless you. All the best with the book. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, all right. Bye now. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And that was a great interview, and I hope you go out and buy the book, folks, I'm telling you. But um, we are up to our final 30 minutes of today's program, and uh, the number is 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. Wow, a lot left in today's program to get to. And uh, so let me just get started here. Now, um, we were talking earlier before the interview. I wanted to 
put a nice, neat little bow on that with all this talk about um, Democrats claiming Trump has disrespected uh, Gold Star family. Compare the treatment of uh, Trump trying to call and console um, the, the, the loved ones of four uh, dead soldiers in Niger. Uh, compare that with the four dead in Benghazi. Which one was disrespect? And again, this was not just, you know, people like to say, oh, it was Hillary. But it was Hillary and Barack Hussein Obama, okay? It was the Obama's entire, I mean, they sent uh, Rice out. They sent uh, Rice out on five uh, talk shows in the same day on a Sunday. She made the rounds on all five shows to spread a lie, not a, not a, 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 um, not a falsehood that was a, a mistake. It was a lie, L-I-E, lie. It was intentional, okay? And so what you had was Ambassador Stevens, Ty Woods, Sean Smith, and Glenn Doherty uh, died in a Muslim attack, a pre-planned attack, because as I said on September 11th, right here on the air, and as I say uh, every year on September 11th, and shockingly, shockingly, here in Virginia, I was the only news person to say this. Even nationally, there were very, very, very few, okay? Fox News didn't mention it. Rush Limbaugh did not mention it, okay? Rush Limbaugh didn't mention it, okay? Think about that for a minute. The simple fact that on September 11th, you have to be prepared because this is a historical date for Muslim fundamentalists who seek to dominate the entire world to launch attacks because in the year 1565 and in the year 1683, there were two really, really huge major military defeats inflicted on the Muslim world as they tried to literally conquer Europe. And so on September 11th, 2012, again, this was pre-planned. What did Clinton say and what did uh, Obama say right there on the tarmac as the bodies were uh, taken off of the airplane with the widows and the families right there? They looked those people in the eyes. They lied to these people, and they said, oh, this is just such a shame that because uh, this Jewish man made this horrible video about Muhammad and got the Arabs all riled up and angry and frothing with anger, okay? It's, folks, you just, you can't make this stuff up. Why people won't just tell the truth, no matter how difficult it is, it's better to tell a difficult truth than to make up a soft lie. And so, which one was disrespect? To look people in the eye and lie to them, or for uh, Trump to say what General Kelly told him, well, this is what I usually say, okay? And maybe Trump delivered those words, um, maybe not quite as precise as General Kelly would have delivered those words, but there was a sincere intent there. And so these people, they go out and, and they try to make it into something ugly, as they always do. Ditto with the uh, Russia accusations, okay? The Russia accusations against Trump, they don't hold water because, number one, Putin 
if he were to uh, have an effect on an American election, our enemies want the Democrats in power. Look at what happens when you have Republicans versus Democrats as far as our enemies go, okay? Um, look at how Reagan treated the Iranians and how Reagan treated the Libyans, okay? And look at how Obama treated them. You know, so if you're an enemy, do you want a Republican or do you want a Democrat? Okay, look at Obama. Obama gave the go ahead for Iran to have a nuke. Okay, Bill Clinton gave the go ahead for the North Koreans to have a nuke. Obama and Hillary Clinton gave 25 percent of America's uranium capacity which is the foundational material to make nuclear weapons to a company called Rosatom, which is a company controlled by Putin in the Russian government. Bill Clinton got personally a $500,000 check to give a one-hour speech from this company. And the Clinton Foundation got $145 million. Now, why are these people not in prison? And... Everyone is saying, oh, this was Hillary. This was Hillary because Hillary was the, um, the uh, head of the State Department at the time. But last time I checked, folks, the Secretary of State works for the president. So why would you say it's Hillary and not say it's Obama? Nine different federal agencies had to sign off on this deal. Nine. Now, of course, the biggest agency was the State Department which that's the Secretary of State. But all nine of them, including the Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, they all work for Barack Obama. And so you're going to tell me that this has some sort of credibility? You know, and I'm not angry at Democrats because they are liars. They are just like my big brother Jesus Christ said in the, in, in the book of John, ye are of your father the devil. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh his own. Uh, so I'm not angry with them. They're, they're, that's like being angry at an alligator because the alligator got out of the water in the zoo and bit someone. No, I'm angry at the zookeeper. And so I'm angry at Republicans because Democrats do this time and time again, been doing it for years, been doing it forever. And still, Republicans are just as lost as Charlie Brown against Lucy. Charlie Brown just thinks he's going to kick that football, and Lucy reverts to form every single time. Every time. Okay? Every time. And if they were to make a new Charlie Brown and there's a little football scene, you know, you know goodness well Lucy's going to pull the football. But Charlie Brown doesn't know. And this is why I refer to these Republicans, these nice guy Boy Scout Republicans. I, this is why I call them Republican Governor Goofball and Republican Senator Stu Pid. This is why. This is why. Okay? Because they still want to refer to Democrats as my friend across the aisle. And these people are giving 25% of America's uranium capacity to our arch enemy, the Russians. And you have all of the media, well, not all, but you have 85% of the media world running around talking about Russian collusion with that Trump, as though Putin would rather have Trump as president and not have Hillary Clinton. 
It doesn't even make sense, folks. It doesn't even make sense. Okay. And so, and, and another thing too, and I've got just two more subjects because we're running out of time here on the program. And these two really, they're going to tie together. Okay. And if someone would like to call, that would be fine. Okay. To comment on George W. Bush. Particularly, if there's a grand old Republican, as a matter of fact, I wonder, have I ever had a grand old Republican call up this program? (laughs) A low-fat Republican, an establishment Republican? Okay, you have a chance to defend yourself because I'm going to attack your boy, George W. Bush. Okay, not only am I going to attack him, I'm going to attack his daddy. All right? And I'm going to attack him with truth, with truth which is what I do, okay? But to be fair, 804-454-1366, if someone out there doesn't like it, call up and defend this chump. And yes, I said chump. Why did I call the former president a chump? Because for eight years, this man had nothing to say about Barack Hussein Obama. Nothing. Nothing, okay? In spite of the fact that for eight years, Barack Obama blamed every problem in this nation on George Bush. I never heard President Reagan blame anything on Jimmy Carter. He just got busy fixing things. Never, never heard it, not once. Never heard George W. Bush blame anything on Bill Clinton. Never. But Barack Obama, even when he was running for re-election, when he's had four years, he still blamed all the problems of his administration on George Bush. And you could not find a Republican because the man had brown skin. The Republicans could not critique that. I am so sick of these weak Republicans. I am sick of them. And this is why they won't come on this program, because I'm a real Republican, okay? I'm a I'm a onion-toting Republican, a butt-kicking Republican, a watchman-on-the-wall Republican. And this is what we need. We don't need Republican light, semi-Democrat. If people want to vote for a Democrat, the real thing is on the ballot. When are Republicans going to figure that out? And so here we have George Bush talking about the Ku Klux Klan, and there's, there's this... Uh, this reversion back to Nazism and white supremacy. And it's a veiled attack on Donald Trump. And so I am so glad that Trump, this news release just came out a couple of hours ago. Trump says he's going to finally release the um, classified documents on the Kennedy assassination. Okay. um, Now folks, Let me tell you about the Kennedy assassination. One of the few people that has had the nerve to delve into that was Dr. Jerome Corsi. And I've been blessed and privileged to interview Dr. Corsi seven times on this program, the really real deal. And we're going to reach out to him and we're going to try to get him back immediately. Okay, we're going to try to have Dr. Jerome Corsi back immediately to talk about this because Dr. Jerome Corsi wrote a book about this uh, uh, a few years ago, it was two or three years ago, I had him on to discuss this. And one of the most fascinating things I found out in talking to Dr. Corsi is that 
on that date, November 22nd, 1963, when almost every American could tell you where they were. It's just like on September 11th of uh, 16 years ago, I can tell you exactly where I was. People that lived through the Kennedy assassination, they can tell you exactly where they were. That was such a horrific thing to happen. An American president assassinated. People know exactly where they were when it happened. Not H.W. Bush. George H.W. Bush, former CIA director H.W. Bush, he could not remember where he was that day. The Joker was in Texas. Dallas, Texas. But when he was interviewed later, he says, oh, I was somewhere in Texas. Oh, where in, oh, I can't remember, just somewhere in Texas. Give me a break. Another thing I found out from Dr. Corsi. All the players, anyone that had any ax to grind against the Kennedys were there. They got everyone together. So you had the sitting vice president, Johnson. Of course, he was in the motorcade, slumped down, knew it was going to happen. He was so slumped down, you could barely see him in the photographs. He let his wife sit upright, but he was slumped down just in case a stray bullet might catch him. So Johnson knew. Tricky Dick Nixon was in Dallas. The Dulles brothers, they even had a, uh, and I forget this guy's name, uh, but uh, this just popped up, but I'll, I'm going to get back into Dr. Corsi's book, and we're going to talk about this again next week. We'll probably even talk about it on my TV program uh, coming up this Wednesday. As a matter of fact, we are, I'm a little long this segment. We're going to take a break, and if, again, I'll even give the number if someone wants to talk about it, but this will be my subject for the remainder of the program is Bush attacking Trump and Trump saying we're going to release the uh, the documents on the Kennedy assassination. 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Listen as your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds, try and keep your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you tears, go ahead, release your fears, stand up and be counted, don't be shamed to cry. You gotta be, you gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be wiser. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. 
There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program as we finish up our final, uh, what, nine minutes of today's program. And it's been a jam-packed and hot program. And we want to welcome Mary uh, to the program. Mary, how you doing there? Brother Craig, amen. You have said everything that people have been thinking for so long. Yeah. Last night, I watched a program on One American News. It was called The Clinton Cash. Mm-hmm. And it talked about everything with the foundation, the oh, money that yes. was donated to ha- you know, for Haiti, and it all went out of all, I mean, millions and millions and millions These of These people dollars. are criminals. They are such big criminals. And see, the thing I mean, about I it, mean, Mary, a Republican was... Will spit on the sidewalk and get talked about. A Democrat can literally kill people and steal by the millions and get away with it. It started when he was they were governor when he was governor in Arkansas, and not don't forget the uh, the Buddhist monks yes. that uh, the teas and the bedrooms being sold. Yeah, in, with, the, in the first. And I mean, uh, and look, our governor Terry McAuliffe was in on the uh, money from China. Oh, he's right there with yes. them. He, yes. he is the bag boy. Yeah, yeah. And so when he uh, buys them a house up in Chappaqua, New York, he's just paying them back. Oh, let me tell you. And they paid, they paid for his uh, uh, run for the governorship. Oh, and yeah. And he'll probably be backing him when he goes to try to run for the presidency. Yeah, yeah. They're, and- all, they're all crooks. I mean, they are so dirty. It's unbelievable how slimy they are. Yeah, yeah. And see, and the thing about it that ba- that galls me, Mary, is that we have uh, Republicans that remember a kinder, gentler time in America, and they think that they're truly their friends across the aisle, that we all want the same thing. They just have a different way to get there. We do not all want the same thing. You know? I wouldn't be surprised if half of those rhinos aren't involved in all of this mess, too. Well, they are in a sense. They are. See, the Republican criminals are like your neighborhood uh, thug or gang, and the Democrat criminals are like the mafia. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're professionals. Okay. And so well, every now and I then, give you. Read that book, Clinton Cash. Well, not only have I read it, I've interviewed the author that wrote it. 
<laughs> oh, really? What's yes. his name? Peter something? Beg your pardon? What was his name? Peter or Peter something? Swiker. Peter, Peter Swiker. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. We we have the book sent to us, and uh, yeah. So, and it's just like Dr. Jerome Corsi. He wrote a book about the uh, Kennedy assassination, and we've uh, been blessed and privileged to interview Dr. Corsi seven different times. Uh, every time he writes a new book, he comes back on the program. And well, uh, Earl, Earl Warren, who was the commissioner on the uh, Kennedy assassination, yes. he was the governor and a big crook in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. They go back a long, long way. Oh, Brother, yeah. Brother Craig, just keep it up. Keep oh, it up. okay. Thank you so much, and God bless you, Mary. I really appreciate your support. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, 804-454-1366, we probably have time for only one more phone call, 804-454-1366. And, uh, but, yeah, this, this thing... Uh, you know, the the Bush family, I mean, they've just been so ugly. Not only were they ugly to Trump, uh, George Bush was ugly to Ted Cruz. Said some horrible things about Ted Cruz. I mean, I have my respect for, for the Bush family is zero. Zero. I'm so glad Jeb Bush got treated like the little uh, baby pearl onion-toting joker that he is. And we're going to welcome John to the program. John, what's on your mind, my friend? How are you there, Craig? I am fantastic, brother. What's going on? I want to tell you what. I have enjoyed the last two hours so much. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I'm glad to see you on at uh, 10 to 12, and, and uh, it's awesome. But I do have a good I have a nickname for you that I've been meaning to tell you. For oh, yeah? In addition yeah. to the Hatchet Man, what is it? <laughs> In addition to the Hatchet Man, it's Vidalia Man. The, the Values Man? No, Vidalia. Vidalia. Oh, Vidalia. Oh, shown up on you. Not a baby pearl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate I like that. I love those big Vidalias, you know. Yeah, they're, I they're do. always good. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tell you, one, one thing I would love to see President Trump do quickly is, is take the, uh, uh, the gentleman that was uh, in charge of or, or did a lot of investigating on this uh, Clinton situation that, that uh, Holder put the, you know, over the last four years, he, he wouldn't let this man speak. Mm-hmm. Peter Swiker. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder why you know, it's taken a year and we haven't uh, let, the, let the man speak his, 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 what he knows. Yeah, they all need to be in uh, orange jumpsuits. Eric Holder, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama. I mean, really, really. And see, imagine... If Republicans had been guilty of half of the things Democrats are guilty of, you know and I know there would be cries for impeachment, not phony cries. There would be real cries for impeachment. Why is it that Democrats get away? Why is it that Ted Kennedy could kill a woman and then the very next year he could be elected senator? It's unbelievable. And you got to throw Pelosi and uh, and uh, Nevada. What was the guy's name in Nevada on that? Us too. Uh, Harry Reid. Yeah, you got to put them. You got to put them in orange suits too. Yeah, and and his four sons. Yeah, but listen, oh, um, listen, my friend. I really appreciate your call, and uh, we're gonna try to keep toting those Vidalias. And no matter if the rest of the Republicans are toting baby pearls, uh, you you best believe we're gonna try to always be a watchman on the wall uh, here on okay, the really real, real deal. Your, 
What, what's your email address? Beg your pardon? What is your email address? Craig at the First Amendment Inc. dot com. C R A I G at T H E F I R S T A M E N D. Just like in the Constitution, the First Amendment Inc. I N C dot com. Yes. I want to come to that Thursday meeting in the morning. I, I, I got to do it. Okay. Yeah, you got to do it. 6 a.m. <laughs> all right, man. All right. You, God bless you. Well, all right, folks, that's going to be it for today. We're going to see you guys hopefully Wednesday night on Comcast, channel 95 if you have Comcast, channel 36 if you have Verizon. Uh, we'll also be broadcasting it over Facebook Live. It's a one-hour television program, Wednesday night, 7.30 to 8.30. We will see you then, and we will see you right here next Oh, and don't forget, tomorrow from 9 to 11, we're starting to replay some of my older programs on Sundays. So we will see you soon, folks. God bless you, Virginia. Cause there ain't no doubt